0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the Netflix original film, Dumpling. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed without having seen the film, just be aware that the plot of the film will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Enjoy.
0: may christmas princes be forgot replaced by films that try we'll start our year with child pageants on big boys don't cry
1: <laughs> very good very good <laughs> thank you what time did you get to bed last night about 2 2 30
0: i was i was up all night thinking about that deciding how i was going to sing the song
1: so rather than staying up on New Year's Eve, like most people, you stay up on New Year's Day, because, uh, you know, you're cool. You know what, everybody's... Buck trend.
0: It's cool being fashionably late. Turning yeah. up to the New Year's <laughs> Eve party the following day.
1: Hi, guys. I couldn't get here because I was so drunk and stoned and rock and roll, yeah? I was so rock who and roll. Do you, who do you think you are? Pete
0: Doherty. That's exactly who I think I am. Can you not tell by my pork pie hat and the fact that I look <laughs> like an absolute bellend? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Keith Moon over here.
0: <laughs> How are you? Happy New Year!
1: Yeah, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Da, 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 da. That's um, that's the bit of old sign that everyone forgets.
0: <laughs> the little the little jaunty number.
1: Yeah, at the end it goes into a jig, uh, or alternatively, like a punk rock rocking out thing. As they always happen. If you ever watch the BBC's coverage of the fireworks, they always have that, and then they go down to someone singing old Lang Syne, and you can't see who it is, and then suddenly, like a rock version of it comes on, and everyone starts moshing all along the South Bank, and you're like, I would honestly rather be inside a volcano than there right now.
0: <laughs> I do. I I don't go out for New Year's Eve very often anymore. Me neither. I I enjoy staying in, watching the fireworks on television. Having spent many cold nights outside on New Year's Eve, getting very cold, and then getting annoyed at all the drunk people, and then having to get home afterwards, Mm. I much prefer now just watching them on the telly, looking at the steadily decomposing body of Jules Holland, and then (laughs) uh, and then going to bed.
1: Yeah. Although he looked like he'd had a good haircut this year. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, I turned it on for five minutes and then he started, he he went over to the piano to annoy someone who was already singing. He was like, oh, Jules, not again. So then we <laughs> we start we started channel hopping and guess what we found? Diners, drive ins and dives. Oh,
0: New Year's Eve. <laughs> Guy Fieri. Um, did you appreciate, by the way, that I have named my Growlithe in the Pokemon game I'm playing Guyfieri? Because I think the resemblance is uncanny. Don't you think that there's a def- doesn't don't you think that Growlith looks like Guyfieri? Yeah, but which
1: came first? That's the question. I mean Guy Fieri was born somewhere around what, two thousand and five?
0: Yeah, yeah, which does mean that the Pokemon came first. So maybe Guyfieri is the ultimate form. The final evolution of Growlithe.
1: Yeah, you need to get one of those like evolution stones. That's like a Chaos Emerald, but you need to get it from you know. There, you need three of them, and you need to get one from a diner, a drive-in, and a dive.
0: And together, they they form the flavor stone. <laughs> that forms Guy Fieri.
1: And wasn't that um, wasn't that a '60s soul group? The Flavor Stone. <laughs> S-
0: Sly in the flavor stone um yeah so so how was your christmas how 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 was your christmas did you have a good yeah christmas
1: it, it feels like i haven't spoken to you in years you know it's only been like a couple of weeks but yeah because we recorded ahead yes i had a very very good christmas mainly because we got pottersville out of the way before christmas
0: <laughs> it meant that you could fully forget about it by christmas day
1: yeah it meant that i could leave all my all my all the shit pieces behind and watch only good films i the, Mupp- <laughs> the muppet christmas carol
0: yeah, that that did get watched three times, I think, over Christmas.
1: Oh, three times! <laughs> yeah, um, nice. Uh,
0: love a bit of C- Muppet Christmas Carol.
1: Um, we went to see Mary Poppins Returns. Is that good? It, it is. Yeah, I I enjoyed it very much. Um, Claire was very down on Lin Manuel Miranda's Cockney accent, and I was like, "Wait, it's Mary Poppins. Have you seen Dick Van Dyke's in the original? That's considered an iconic thing, and it's clearly like a." a Nutty American bloke doing a, doing a cockney, you know. Like, what do you want? Ross Kemp? You want Danny Dyer? No, you want Lin Manuel Miranda in his soft face.
0: I would love Danny Dyer to be in Mary <laughs> Poppins. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, just
1: sort of going around menacing everyone. There's so in the new one, he's not a he's a lamplighter or a leery as they call him. He's a leery. So if, if it was Danny Dyer, he'd literally go around leering at everyone. It'd be great. Oh, the kids Danny wouldn't be upset Dyer. at all.
0: And I believe in Mary Poppins
1: practically perfect in every way
0: it'll be yeah i I can get behind that i I, <laughs> I see where where Claire is coming from, specifically if she wants Danny Dyer to take the role yeah I'm I, I never realized that before that
1: i am um, I married a woman who's a very, very hardened cockney. <laughs>
0: <laughs> has she
1: she's been... got she's got a hit out on half of london
0: has she been replaced without you knowing by danny dyer
1: <laughs> yeah no no. this is the reason that we had to move out of london it's because there are too many cockneys going around and beating it smashing our doors in and threatening to beat us up and steal our microwaves and stuff
0: <laughs> as they are known to do that's my, what happens my, on east end isn't it microwave <laughs> theft is the ultimate crime in london yeah um, oh dear
1: that's what um money for nothing by dire straits is about (laughs) don't you steal my microwave (laughs) (laughs) you motherfucking cockneys (laughs) no no one knows what mark knopfler is saying half the time anyway
0: so he's clearly just talking about cockneys and microwaves yeah um my 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 run-up to christmas did not include cockneys or microwaves um what are you doing i was i was in india until christmas eve which is very exciting Um, that's amazing did lots of very exciting things um one of the highlights was going to a late night rave beach party which happened to be uh, populated almost entirely by drunk russians oh Um, okay which was which was an interesting experience i made friends with a with a nice russian guy who was very drunk who complimented my horrible christmas shirt And said, I looked very fancy and clearly wore expensive clothes. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and, and yes, it was, it was really nice. It was a, a lovely relaxing time. Um, shout out to the 75 year old cab driver who drove us down the middle of a busy road literally down the middle of a road literally the middle <laughs> but that's um, what
1: they do in India isn't it they just they see a space and they just go for it
0: yeah I, I mean there, there, there wasn't really anything coming in any directions at that point when he was driving down the middle of the road but then when uh. things were coming he didn't move out of the way back onto his side <laughs> and he was telling us about how he remembered uh, when the Portuguese left um he, he, he said, oh, I was 15 or 16 when, when the Portuguese left Goa. And we were thinking, yeah, that does make you about 75 years old. Are you sure you should still be a cab driver? <laughs>
1: I was going to say, um, you, you knew his age, which meant that either you had an intimate conversation with him or you were just making a lot of assumptions.
0: We we were not making assumptions. We we did a bit of quick maths. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing trip. It was, it was lovely. I would definitely recommend anybody go to Goa. It's a mm. fantastic part of the world.
1: I have not been to India or anywhere not Goa not any of it oh. isn't Goa where supposedly the bloke from the Manic Street Preachers who disappeared didn't he apparently go to Goa and no one could find him
0: oh really mm. yeah
1: and there were like clues in his lyrics and stuff
0: oh right okay it, it it is a sort of big big place for where lots of musicians and like it used to be a big hippie commune place you still see all the odds aging hippie around um, you did
1: send me a photo of Tom York in a tent <laughs>
0: he is neither aging nor hippie
1: (laughs) yeah he's getting younger
0: (laughs) he's got a case of the benjamin buttons
1: yeah and you know it's 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 all because radiohead's music is aging so terribly badly it's sort of a um (laughs) it's a sort of portrait of dorian gray scenario where the the older that radiohead's music gets the younger that tom york's yeah tom york gets He's just got like ravaged LPs of all their early albums in his attic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the 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 original mix of Pablo Honey is now just dust on the floor, which is their best album. It is not their best album. <laughs> the only people who think that are people who should be on some kind of register, just saying.
1: I'm on the register of genius persons. <laughs>
0: Pablo Honey is so bad. <laughs> give me give me some of that, give me some of that Benz. Give me, give me some of that OK Comp.
1: OK Comp. That's what they should have called it.
0: <laughs> means... An average comprehensive score.
1: Yeah, OK. You know, Comp. I don't think Comp as in free. Oh. Like everyone should get it for free. You know, years before U2 decided to give their, everyone their album for free, even though nobody wanted it.
0: See, because Radiohead did that before U2. I can't remember which album it was, but one of them, they just said, oh yeah, here's an album, have it. But they didn't force it onto everybody's iPhones. Yeah, it's the big difference.
1: I believe that was the album "Win Rainbows."
0: Oh yes, yeah. Um, Windows uh, OS Rainbow.
1: <laughs> yeah, came with a free operating system that also nobody wanted.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, so
1: yeah, so I've watched a few things over the over the break. We watched Mary Poppins, that was very good. We watched some baseball films because they have a baseball podcast now, as you know. You do, this, it's very good. We are sort of treating it as a spin-off from this, which is nice, since the name Big Boys Don't Bunt. So I'm watching a lot of baseball films, so it's actually quite a nice contrast to this and vice versa. So going from watching the film Major League to watching the film Dumplin' was quite a nice, quite a nice change, actually. Uh, what did you make of it?
0: I I liked Dumplin'. I was a little bit concerned going into it. I watched the trailer, and I am very picky about things that use a body positivity message. I find they can be very, very jarring. And watching the trailer, I thought, oh, God. But
1: but you loved it so much in Sierra Burgess is a Loser.
0: I mean, I did love that in Sierra Burgess is a Loser. That movie, I I watch it every week. I loved it so much. (laughs) Um, and, and just so, to keep
1: yourself grounded you know like how Bear Grylls drinks his own piss
0: <laughs> exactly watching Sierra as a, Sierra Birch as a loser uh, it's like drinking your own piss in a lot of ways isn't it um, but yeah, yeah so I was a bit spicy. concerned <laughs> oh dear what have you been eating um, <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's um, it, it, it concerned me when I watched the trailer I thought oh god is this going to be a really tone deaf Big is beautiful movie that doesn't go into the intricacies of it, etc. But actually it handled the subject matter really well. And and that just formed one part of a much larger coming of age story that was almost more to do with the family and friendship dynamics, um, along with feelings of 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 confidence and things like that and and those challenging of beauty norms in a way that I I found refreshing and I thought it was it was subtly done. And I liked it. I liked this film.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a it's a coming of age narrative, isn't it? You know, and you know, all narratives fall into these kind of these kind of tropes—the seven basic plots and what have you. One of them is the coming of age story, and that's what it is. It's not necessarily a story about body positivity, although even though it is body positive, it's like you know, it's like how Jaws is a film about a shark that's not about a shark. This is a film about coming-of-age, a film about body positivity that's not about body positivity. The the makers of this film and the writer of the novel that it's based on, I assume, understood that it was a coming-of-age story and made that the point of it rather than pushing a really, really strong body positivity angle um, at the expense of story.
0: Yeah, exactly, because I think that there is a... That in some ways, when things jump on the body body positivity, um, the body wagon, yeah, when, when they jump on that particular wagon, um, it can be done in a way that is actually quite horrible. So, so the perfect example of that is is everyone's least favorite pop musician, Megan Trainor. Um, oh yeah, where she she calls thin people skinny bitches, and there is this big problem where, you know. Body positivity is for everybody and is about everybody feeling comfortable in their skin. Yeah. So if you're larger, don't use that to attack people who are thinner than you because just as some people can't control their weight one way, people can't control their weight the other way as well. Yeah. And, and also
1: in that song, she says, um Mama, she told me, don't worry about your size because boys like a little more booty to hold at night, which is extremely heteronormative and implies that everything that women do should just be so that men can look at them.
0: Which is which is an issue with her lyrics across the board. There's another song she does where it's all about I I want to be your your pretty woman person. Um,
1: <laughs> I want to be your woman person. <laughs> exactly. <Wasn't> that, <laughs> that, <that's> a, so- <laughs> a song by what were they called? The the fla- the hot flavour city combo, the soul band. <laughs> what? <laughs> The soul band that I made up ten minutes ago,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the Flavor Town. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. There's there. Yeah, yeah, their big hit is I want to be, I want to be your woman person. The Flavor yeah. Stone. That's I wanna it.
0: I want to be your woman person. Um. <laughs> yeah
1: (laughs) so this is what we're going to do in 2019 is instead of making up films we're going to make up like artists and then record their songs
0: i i love it i love it um but um (laughs) but (laughs) but, but yeah so so yeah so i i i I sometimes i'm very skeptical about and 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 another example is that god-awful song that won eurovision last year where everyone was like, oh, yeah, well, she's a, a, a large woman. so Oh, therefore I'm, I'm not your
1: toy, you stupid boy. Yeah.
0: It's like, <laughs> get, get, get out of here. That song was terrible. She was And she nice. had
1: all these, she was dressed, wasn't she dressed in a kimono and she was surrounded by all these lucky cats? Yes.
0: And then she did a like, little chicken dance.
1: Oh, yeah. So it's offending lots of people all at once.
0: Yeah. And then obviously there was the bigger issue about... Um, than israel holding the eurovision song contest next year in the midst of a huge um societal crisis that's going to be interesting which yeah which didn't go down well with many people but it was kind of overshadowed by everyone shouting body positivity it's the most important thing and so so and the trailers for dumpling i think kind of played up that angle a bit too much in comparison to the actual content of the film which i think is really carefully balanced um I, I found that Dumplin', it it was so well-balanced and it, it handled lots of complex issues with quite a lot of care, but also with a really light touch. And so it it, it everything felt quite free and flowing um, and, and light-hearted, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, but that's, that was exactly the strength of it. And when it finished, I thought, oh, that was good, but I didn't feel that I'd necessarily been like, hugely moved you know i didn't weep i you know it didn't make me weep but i feel like so many films like this and so many films in general are trying too hard they're trying too hard to make you weep or to, to push some kind of huge thing huge issue to make some massive point and actually it didn't try too hard and that was its real strength i thought
0: yes exactly it, it, it didn't want to do that what it wanted to do was to you know make you feel make you feel happy
1: and I did still feel, and I did still feel happy. Yes,
0: I, I thought it, it it set out to be a positive film that gave you a feel good feeling, that made you think a little bit about things. Um, it's like the anti um, miscongeniality, really, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to films about pageants.
1: Yeah, that film made me feel awful. <laughs> <laughs> That film highlighted you know, how absolutely horrible and weird pageants are and how I'm glad that it's not really a thing over here. And Dumpling kind of did the same thing, but it also made it seem kind of fun, like getting to um, lip sync to Dolly Parton whilst doing magic tricks. Like That does actually seem like quite good fun.
0: Yeah, it made it feel more fun. And I think it put an emphasis on why people run pageants um particularly child pageants where, where or like teenager pageants where it's not necessarily about um the kind of creepy lewdness that's there in because at its heart Miscongeniality is kind of a cruel film. Um yeah. whereas this is the complete opposite and it's trying to promote that positivity and be like, look, you can have fun at these things. And like they never set up any character as not being body positive. Um No. Even though there was that sort of like overriding, you know, that there's that kind of message where it's like, oh, well, well, you know, large women don't don't enter pageants, That that was never anyone standing at any point in the film. Um. Um. even, even Willa Dean's mum played really well by Jennifer Aniston I thought she was fantastic in this movie by the
1: way I think that this is one of her best roles yeah definitely. I think she's fan-
0: absolutely fantastic here really good Um. it's never about her she would never be embarrassed about her, her daughter entering the pageant you never really get that sense it's only if her daughter doesn't pay enough respect to something that's so important to her and and that's the kind of attitude that you get from her. Is like, you know, what you could enter this, you could do everything that you wanted, as long as you took it seriously and as long as you put your heart into it. Um, which which, yeah, I, which think I think is, think really is actually
1: good. way more realistic than some kind of film that was just straight up like, oh, her mum's a meanie and thinks that she can't enter the thing because she's fat and she's going to prove her wrong and that's going to be it, or or she's just going to be. There's this whole thing where she's saying that like at first they're kind of they're rebelling against the pageant and that's the point when actually. The point of it then ends up becoming them just kind of having fun and discovering and enjoying themselves through the medium of the pageant, which they all sort of claim to hate, but then sort of end up enjoying. But it doesn't mean that they're shallow either. So it handled that really well, I thought.
0: Yeah, it did a did a great job. I thought, like like I said before, this film was handled with care. They they did yeah. a really good job with it, um, and and I came out really enjoying it quite a lot. I thought it was it was really good.
1: Yeah, it was great, and the, all the Dolly Parton stuff was good. You a fan, you fan of the Dolly?
0: Um, I'm a fan of the Dolly either in moderation or on in the background. It's it's not the kind of music that I'd put on to listen to specifically, um, but I enjoy it in like a soundtrack or like if it's on in the background somewhere. That that's that's my jam.
1: Yeah, I th- I think she's great. She's really fantastic, and I'd like to go to Dollywood. And apparently she's been married to the same guy and he's like a, a tarmac guy or something, guy who does tarmacking. He's been married to this guy for like fifty years and he's only been to see her like twice.
0: <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Not because
1: he hates it, just because it's like that's like it's her thing, he's got yeah, his thing, that's yeah. what they do.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's yeah, I, I think Dolly Parton's a person is amazing. She's she's one of those like treasures of the world. Um, where even if you're someone who doesn't like country music, you still respect her and you still respect what she does, if you know what I mean.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if if you claim not to like country music or you claim not to like Dolly Parton, I challenge you not to tap your foot when Jolene comes on in a bar and you don't realise what it is.
0: Oh, yeah, or or, or 9 to 5 is, is an absolute tune.
1: Yeah, that's you, a banger.
0: You can't get away from how good that song is.
1: And all of Dolly Parton's songs were used it was the right song for the right moment every time. So yeah, so Nine to Five is there when they're just like driving the cars and they're talking about work and they're getting on their way to do stuff, which wasn't really on the nose, even though it was kind of cheesy. And then Jolene is the one that like comes on in the bar and she's like, oh, this is my fave. And then Here You Come Again is the one for the big performance. Yeah, it was. all I thought they used all of that really well, again, without overdoing it because it could have ended up just being like a Dolly Parton fan fest.
0: Yes, yeah, it could have been quite, bad like that and it could have almost felt like a pastiche in that way um but but it, it, it was subtle with it and it worked quite well um i i i felt um yeah and and i, I what, what i really liked about this film was how grounded it felt it really felt grounded um in a reality not necessarily one that is apparent to two guys who grew up in cold miserable england <laughs> well, you, <laughs> but you it, never but it, you
1: never did any pageants
0: I I never did any pageants, unfortunately.
1: Mate, I did so many pageants. I was in a pageant every weekend. Have I not shown you my collection of trophies?
0: (laughs) Did you also do magic tricks to Dolly Parton?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was my talent, magic. I used to be a a genuine magician, pulling rabbits out of hats and stuff. But it all went wrong (laughs) one day when I decided to put the hat on my head.
0: Oh, no, what happened? What happened? Did you grow rabbit ears?
1: Yep, yeah. And then the rabbit ate me. I was inside a rabbit for a couple of years
0: <laughs> before you fought your way out.
1: Yeah, eventually clawed my way back to the world, <laughs> and I haven't done a pageant since.
0: I mean, understandable. That that sounds really difficult.
1: Yeah, but pageants back in my day weren't body positive. You know, I was I was mocked. I was regularly mocked. They were op- <laughs> not, openly not only, laughing.
0: Not only because you were trying to do pageants whilst within a giant rabbit.
1: Yeah. And I was like, this is just the body that I have, guys. You know, some some people have long ears and they hop. Others have, you know, two normal legs like a human. You know, they wouldn't accept me for who I was.
0: But eventually you got out of the rabbit and the world had changed. And and now you do, would you feel comfortable entering a pageant again now?
1: Oh, absolutely. See, Dumpling has given me the confidence to try again. I'll just have to make sure it's a rabbit free pageant. Yeah, you know it's v- it's veganuary. I'm hoping that I can um, I can find some vegan pageants to go to. Oh,
0: there we go. I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll be in luck. Yeah,
1: they like the um like performance category is who is the biggest vegan,
0: <laughs> and you're there just eating a carrot on stage. How much
1: cheese have you not eaten this month, Veronica? <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> uh, are you doing veganuary?
1: I am not. No, it's too difficult. I've got too much other stuff to do. Like I, like I'm training for this half marathon, and I, yeah, I'm trying to get fit and stuff. And like I need protein and meat and stuff. I know you can get protein from from vegan stuff, but like, yeah, it's too much of a challenge for me.
0: It was just there chowing down on lentils. Yep, yeah. dog lentils. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I I did Veganuary last year. Uh, I don't know if you remember.
1: You did. You did. I remember. And it I was, was, it was very fine. Very impressed.
0: It was fine. But I wouldn't want to live as a vegan um, just because of getting stuff that doesn't have any kind of dairy product in it was really difficult. Really? Yeah. So even lots of vegetarian alternatives and vegetarian foods still include milk or eggs somewhere hidden within them. Yeah. Um, so you're really limited in what you can get. And, um, I, I and think insects the, as well. Yeah, there's insects everywhere Um, in, in vegetarian feed. Um, they
1: they fall in your mouth when you're asleep as well. It's like true. If a, if a true. spider falls in your mouth while you're asleep in Veganuary, have you lost it's the challenge? Over.
0: That, that's exactly right. You've got to keep a camera on you at all times and then the vegan yeah. high council. Um, <laughs> what, what are they called? The vegan police? In the Scott vegan Pilgrim, police from it? Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they bust down the door and say, spit that spider out of your mouth.
1: Yeah. Um, that spider's got a wife and kids, man.
0: <laughs> I mean, it ate the wife, but <laughs> Um
1: Yeah, the Vegan Police in Scott Pilgrim was one of the best bits, but I think I might have said this on this podcast before, but the film missed out one of the best jokes from the um from the book, which is uh they um they go to arrest um Evil Ex boyfriend for having broken his vegan vow and then they're like earlier today you had a plate of this and he's like that's not vegan and then they had you had a plate of chicken parmesan and he goes chicken and like in the book he goes chicken parmesan isn't vegan and then the the vegan police guy goes to the other vegan police guy he's like yeah isn't a parmesan like a rodent or something whereas in the film he just goes chicken isn't vegan and it's like that joke would have taken an only an extra two seconds for you to put in
0: I see. I really like the change they made. I think. I think we have discussed this specifically on the podcast before. (laughs) But 2019, we can talk about the same thing again. It's
1: it's a grudge I will hold for the rest of my life. I
0: think the pace works much better in the movie that way because it's it's gelato is not vegan. You also ate chicken. Chicken's not vegan. Wham bam bam onto the next thing. It keeps up the pace at a time when that pace is needed. Whereas if they then went on and were like, "Oh, isn't parmesan a, a rodent or something?" It would have dragged on a bit too much. In no, a film that's so fast and full of spectacle.
1: But to me, again, half of the comedy comes from the fact that the fast pace stops at that point. So like you would stop the music for that moment and just have them like breaking that tension. That so, to me is what you
0: what you're looking for is a, yeah, that's me. You're wondering how I got into this situation. Kind exactly. Of moment. Yeah um no i really like the way that they made that change and it's very fast It's a very fast quip and then it's on to the next thing because what i i didn't particularly like the scott pilgrim film but what worked about it was the fast quips and and keeping up that pace and witty dialogue quickly worked really well and i think
1: did you read the comics
0: yes i did Um, all of them i didn't read all of them but i read a fair few and i liked the comics i thought the comics were better than the movie. Um, yeah,
1: they're, they're way better and they it's kind of like the film and the comics follow the same exactly the same story for about the first 3 or 4 of the 6 comics and then book 5 and 6 basically nothing in those that happens happens in the the film apart from like the kind of end boss battle bit. So it's really really worth revisiting and reading all of the comics if you have seen the film and not read any of them. They are still some of my favorite comics of all time and they are fantastic. And I thought the film was kind of okay. You know, it's like how we were talking about um Zack Snyder's Watchmen, how all the purists hate it, but we thought it was good and entertaining. I thought I think Scott Pilgrim vs the World is a very good and very entertaining and enjoyable film, and you know, hats off to Edgar Wright for making a very good film. But it's nowhere near as good as the comics. But you know, working like, adapting them was always going to be impossible.
0: So when you were talking crap about Watchmen purists, <laughs> <you> have we, <laughs> have, have we had, have we had an Scott email? Scott Pilgrim purist. <laughs> excuse me but he didn't Uh, keep in the parmesan joke is the equivalent of (laughs) excuse me but what happened to the giant tentacle monster it's a travesty
1: (laughs) well no come on that's just that's just a line it's not a thing that affects the whole of the ending of the movie this is
0: integral to my enjoyment of scott pilgrim
1: (laughs) actually i think you'll (laughs) find
0: Do you like my, my comic <laughs> geek
1: voice? Your boy? your Alan Moore fan voice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or oh, actually. Um, and actually. Uh,
1: actually Lost Girls is is feminist because I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's when you just turn down the volume on the conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The remote control just press just hit the mute button.
0: <laughs> um, speaking of comics, I read something over the holiday period that I've been meaning to read for a long time. Um, the bible the, the bible the bible a graphic novel is what i read oh yeah um, it's good it's really good um no no i read um black Cole by charles burns
1: oh geez that's um, so good did you get all of them or just the first one because there's like a oh, um there's like a few books that follow on from that or um, is it no it's not there's a whole the, yeah what's his other he's got that whole other thing that's like a trilogy yeah
0: the, the um lost what's it is the other one he's done isn't it um,
1: yeah oh he's got the hive and all that yeah sugar skull yeah yeah that's right i always think in my head that um black hole is part of that but it's not um oh my god it's amazing it's it unbelievably so good. good
0: yeah really great and I, like
1: nobody else can do what he does with black and white and so much black on the pages it's exactly like, yeah um,
0: so highly recommended. Put put a put a picture of one of the creepiest moments of it in the show notes. Yeah, um, it is really great. I've been meaning to read it for years, and finally got around to it. And then I've got um, I've got some more um, Jinji Ito to read next. Um, I've been getting into my nice. my creepy body horror again. Um, That's very much your shit. It is. It is. It is my jam. I do love a bit of body horror. Uh, New Year's resolution twenty nineteen read more body horror watch more body horror
1: (laughs) yeah I think actually I haven't really made any new year's resolutions apart from to finish this novel that I've been writing but it's like I I think everyone's new year's resolution should be to realize what your shit is and to just go deeper on it whatever it is that you love just dedicate a little bit more time each day to to enjoying yourself and doing that thing whatever it is that you love so yeah, part of it is baseball stuff for me. So I've got like this net in my garden and I'm hitting baseballs into it and I'm reading books about baseball. and doing all my baseball stuff. I'm still doing all the other stuff that I do, but it's like, I know that that's the thing that brings me joy. So I'm just making more time for it, you know?
0: Yeah, brilliant. One of mine is to spend less time on Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, Twitter, I've i been getting more and more depressed the more time I spent on social media. So one of my things is spend less time on social media.
1: That's a very, very good aim and one that I have been um, trying to do as well, yeah, just less social media in general. I still go on there to when I have something to say but or yeah, something that I want to promote. So, you know, you should all just follow me and just listen to me when I'm talking about what I want to promote because it's all about me.
0: But, yeah, <laughs> that, that, is think... what, that is what all social media is about. It's about Paddy Johnston.
1: Yeah, definitely. Mark
0: Zuckerberg was there in his little bedroom thinking, one day... Someone's going to want to talk about baseball and romantic movies on the internet. How yep. can I facilitate this whilst also creeping on everyone?
1: <laughs> yeah. It was mainly about the creeping on everyone part for him. But, but he yeah, did have this was, little, this bit little
0: glint in his eye about about a person called Jaddy Ponston. <laughs>
1: That that guy exists, but he's still inside a rabbit.
0: <laughs> he is still inside a rabbit. It, it was some kind of um Wizard of Earth C esque scenario where he's your shadow <laughs> and he yeah. got stuck inside the rabbit.
1: What's my real name?
0: <laughs> Jaddy Ponston.
1: Same a name, same a name.
0: That that's what yeah. that song was really about. It was actually about Essie Guin.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um I was gonna say something profound. Oh, no, I, well, it's not profound, but I found out today something interesting, which is that the reason that Facebook's logo is blue and white is because Mark Zuckerberg is colorblind and can't see reds and greens, so he wanted the blue to be accessible.
0: Oh, okay. That's very so
1: clever. Yeah, which is which is interesting. Didn't stop them from doing the rowing scene in the social network, obviously, but you can't, you can't have everything.
0: <laughs> That's the greatest scene in cinematic history. I love it. it. so. I love it so much, yeah. that scene.
1: I'm going to go and watch it after this. Um.
0: Anyway, so Dumplin'.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, probably a more enjoyable film than The Social Network, which is a good film, but it's not a laugh a minute, is it?
0: I, I really love The Social Network, actually. And yeah, I, I think one of your is, faves. I think it is very funny um but yeah maybe dumplin's more more of a feel good movie to watch <laughs> yeah than... it,
1: it absolutely is a feel good movie it's it's one to to pop on yeah when you want to you want to get happy and there are a few moments that you know, that make you you know a little sad like she's got the dead aunt who was um so instead of it being a dead parent this time it's a dead aunt and there's absolutely no mention of her father whatsoever it's just Jennifer Aniston is the mum and she had this aunt who was the one who got her into Dolly Parton and everything, her mum was the pageant person and her mum's sister wasn't, although she f- then finds out um, after she's entered the pageant that Aunt Lucy did, in fact, enter a pageant once, and she's like, oh, well, actually, then kind of maybe it's okay and maybe it's something that I could get into. So that angle was uh, perhaps a b- bit more of an interesting take on the sort of young adult um, has to be a dead parent trope.
0: Yes, yeah. What what really happened to the father was that he was eaten by a rabbit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then um that rabbit turned up in Donnie Darko.
0: That's exactly where the rabbit guy comes from in Donnie Darko.
1: Yeah. They're all part of the Dumplin Cinematic Universe. DCU.
0: DCU. <laughs> <you see> <laughs> um Yes. <laughs> um so so yeah, what 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 was your favorite part of um of Dumplin then? I liked it when moment? she.
1: I liked it when she kicked the bully in the nuts and got suspended from school.
0: That was very good. That that was very good. Um, I I thought the um. Everybody is a beach body, or whatever, or everybody is beach mm. ready, or whatever it was. Um, that bit where they both came out together and and they turned around and they had the message. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I really liked that. It's a really good slogan to have and it was done in a really nice positive way and and really punchy as well. Um and yeah, it was good. I liked it. I liked all of that kind of stuff. And often I'm I'm as as a person who used to be very overweight and then was very underweight and now is a little overweight. Um I I'm very sensitive to how people talk about those body image issues. And I think I really liked the way that they handled it here.
1: Yeah, me too. And like, I really think that we need something like this for men. Not to make everything about Temens, but if I there was a similar film like this that (laughs) was like everything's
0: about us. Why how dare they have a movie that's not about a man?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So for that reason, north out of (laughs) twenty.
0: North out of twenty, not enough (laughs) testicles.
1: Yeah. Not not enough huge demented, outsized, body positive bollocks. (laughs) Literal. Um but no, I, I feel like it would be nice that if there was something like this for men. So if any, any directors out there, if you can genuinely come up with a film that's like body positive about the, the larger gentleman, I would very much appreciate it. But um, not to make everything about baseball, but part of the reason that I like baseball is it's genuinely one of the very few sports, if not the only sport, where I look at the people who play it at a professional level and earn millions of pounds and actually more than the fair share of them are of my body type. Whereas you look at like other sports and they're all just like really really lanky toned dudes and it's like well no matter how hard I work I can never achieve that whereas I can get the body of a baseball player
0: yeah it's true there's not really many sports um, I suppose you've got golf as well
1: um, yeah and du- or darts <laughs>
0: darts <Dance. laughs> um, and c- snooker c- because because even things like um, like motorsport. Um, I, I think I read somewhere that um, that Formula One drivers have to be in, in 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 peak physical condition even more so than, for instance, football players. Um, and and in the in the off season of Formula One, Michael Schumacher used to train with Bayern Munich, I think, and do their yeah. fitness regime. And and trainers at the time were saying that he was in better physical shape than most of most of the footballers on the team, just to handle the G forces of the car and things like that
1: ah Um, so it's not like because if you're fat like the g-forces make your jowls wobble and then you can't see
0: (laughs) that's exactly right um which i always found interesting so you always think like you don't like formula one drivers are always in really good shape but it's not it's not a vanity thing they kind of have to be to be able to handle um handle the driving of the car that's Um, really
1: interesting i had never considered that aren't they all like kind of below a certain height as well like jockeys
0: they they used to be i think they they still prefer people to be it's it's easier to do it if you are of a lesser height anyway just in terms of fitting in the chassis and everything like that but i remember nigel mansell they had to refit a car around him because he was too tall oh, um, so he he signed for a team i can't remember which team it was and then when he tried to sit in the car he couldn't properly get in it so they had to redesign <laughs> it a little bit
1: <laughs> he's like all squashed in like that guy in the simpsons in the tiny car exactly
0: yeah. and there's the mustache it was, he could fit in fine apart from when he tried to put his mustache into the car it got stuck <laughs> that
1: happens to me all the time
0: <laughs> it is the number one problem with mustaches getting in and out of vehicles
1: yeah but what, what all of us this, this chat shows is that a light-hearted approach to body positivity is a good thing not to to make out that it isn't a very important thing because it is but it's so often not just in film, but in you know advertising and in culture in general, is just done in such a tone deaf way that when it's done well, you just think, yes, right. But at the same time, as I said, it's a coming of age narrative. So to, for it to hang off of that just works really well.
0: Yeah, and, and and it's the kind of thing that does work really well as a sort of a side issue in another work that's, that's primarily around something else, um, because it allows it to... Because because a big part of of the problem with the way that body positivity is 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 portrayed is the way that it excludes people, and a lot of the time it will exclude somebody because because body shapes are so varied. Often someone will target a specific body type and say, "You, you're beautiful. Um, forget everybody else. You are beautiful. People who don't look like you, they're scum." Um, yeah. And 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 this does the complete opposite of that, and it handles it in such a such a nice way. Um, and part of that is that it is around this this coming of age story, where it is about you know what your friends are important, and you can have positivity in yourself, and your mum, what your mum cares about is important, but also what you care about is important, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's yeah, it's it's good. Everybody is a winner in Dublin.
1: Yeah. Everyone gets a trophy. Snowflakes. <laughs>
0: All right, prison boy.
1: <laughs> prison pool. They're all the all the prison pool types are really, really angry that Sadiq Khan's um fireworks show had European, like, pro Europe messages on it, and that he said that London is open to Europe and they're all saying that like it should be closed to Europe and stuff. Well, they can all go fuck themselves. There's
0: two things that I absolutely love about that. Number one is that the best Uh, The best troll of the year came literally a few seconds into 2019. (laughs) Nobody else can top Sadiq Khan there. That was top-level trolling, and I love it. And second, it's being seen as a negative that this big display to the public is sending a message of open arms to our nearest allies, (laughs) which just shows you how perverse a lot of the debate over Brexit has become. In this show of unity with our closest allies who we've we've had this incredibly strong relationship with for years um is seen as a negative thing by some of these weirdos who think that we should go back to war with them yeah um literal it, war it it's boggles the mind it's absolutely stunning so fair play Sadiq. you're great yeah everyone in london still thinks you're doing a great job don't listen to the horrible horrible gammon in the rest of the country because they won't be able to vote for you anyway yeah tell them to piss <laughs> exactly. off
1: exactly They'd never even come to London.
0: No, no exactly. Like, no n- no one in the middle of, like, a, a tiny sleepy village in Kent is going to be able to vote in the London elections. So why should anybody in London give a fuck what you think about who they voted for mayor?
1: Yeah, and I guarantee you that Sadiq Khan doesn't care what any of them think.
0: <laughs> of course he doesn't. He doesn't care <laughs> what, the, what the President of the United States thinks, let alone yeah. what some random fella from Kent thinks. And ha-
1: you know, hats off to him. He was also a big part of bringing um, baseball to London for this year. So, fair uh, play. He's going to be at the games.
0: And and once again, um, I'm very jealous of um, of Londoners at the moment because their public um, public transport fares have yet again been set at the standard rate instead yep. of seeing the outrageous price increases that those of us outside of London are seeing.
1: Yeah, if you if you commute in like me on a railway line, you still have to suffer those consequences.
0: Yes, um, because rail companies are awful,
1: absolute wankers, all of them. Um, they wouldn't do well in Texas.
0: So, so, so speaking of of angry gammon, um, <laughs> they're very furious with Gregs for doing a vegan sausage roll. I know. Have you I, seen this?
1: I haven't got a problem. Why, what's wrong with that? You don't have to eat <laughs> you it, don't... you stupid fucking idiot.
0: They've not <laughs> replaced the regular sausage roll <laughs> with a vegan sausage roll. They are merely offering up an alternative vegan sausage roll.
1: Yeah. Why why not? Like why not have a vegan alternative? I think that's great. I'm going to go <laughs> it's and try really one good. tomorrow.
0: I'm, yeah, I'm not sure when it's when it's launching, but as soon as it does. Oh, it hasn't um, even
1: launched yet and everyone's already outraged. Yeah,
0: I don't think they I think they just announced that it's coming. I think it's coming later on in January. Um and and you've got like Pierce Morgan being furious and saying nobody asked for this.
1: <laughs> well, if he's upset, then you must be doing the
0: right thing. Um, uh, people go on a lot about um vegans and vegetarians being sensitive to meat eaters, but really it is the other way around. When yeah. whenever you get something that is vegetarian or vegan, it's always the the meat eaters going, "Oh, that would be great if you put a big slab of beef on it."
1: that's what you do I, liter- you it.
0: I literally can't taste anything unless a dead animal has been in its vicinity
1: you feed beef burgers
0: to swans <laughs> i would feed a beef burger to swans i hate <laughs> swans Get but, out.
1: yeah like there's maybe like a very very tiny minority of vegans who are angry and rude to everyone else about it but that's literally like two people and then the rest of vegans are just people who want to go about their day and not really talk about it or just kind of it not really be a thing, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Although I do like a, a big slab of meat.
0: <laughs> I, I like my dead animal <laughs> carcasses. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I don't think I could ever go vegetarian or vegan full time, at least not at the moment. No. Um, But I, I, it's one of my other things this year is to not eat as much meat.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, even trying to cut down is always a very, very good idea. Especially the red meat. Yeah. Because red is the colour of anger.
0: And the colour of communism. And we can't let the communists win. No. But also the colour of gammon. True, but the gammon are the least communist. That's
1: true, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a real theory. It's a real catch-22.
0: T-bone theory, I
1: think. <laughs>
0: Yeah. the
1: gammon bone theory <laughs> gammon bone theory someone's writing their thesis on that right now
0: oh i bet they are actually <laughs> how many how many right wingers people studying politics at university who are right wing how many of them do you think have written essays about how gammon is a racist term
1: oh loads like that everyone every one of them will have written that essay last year i guarantee you
0: and how many of them think that it's a conspiracy that they got a really poor mark for it
1: absolutely yeah they they think all their lecturers have a left-wing bias despite them probably following the the bbc's line of here's a world-renowned expert in a thing in you know geology and whatever climate science with 30 years worth of expertise Here's a bloke in a pork pie hat from the Flat Earth Society. Let's give them equal weight. You know, it's, a, it's like that. <laughs>
0: in, in Flat Earth news... Um...
1: <laughs> oh, hashtag Flat Earth update. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we should start the year as we mean to go on by continuing yep. to talk about, about Flat Earth. Um, yeah. a... well, we pay
1: our respects to everyone and everything that fell off the edge of the Earth last year.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, a, a fantastic YouTuber called H HBomberguy... Uh, one of the finest that YouTube has to offer did a really good um, video called Flat Earth and Measured Response um, that can go in the show notes, actually. It's really good. It's about 40 cool. minutes long. Um, and it's basically just a critique of Flat Earth, looking into how Flat Earth theory became a thing again, given that it hadn't really existed for for many hundreds of years. Um, it's, yeah, a really interesting thing that's also very, very funny. Um, oh excellent so yes uh, highly recommended viewing for all of you
1: it's a shame that piers morgan didn't fall off the edge of the earth in 2018 yeah
0: i mean it would have been great uh, i mean the, the the problem is that you do have that ridge of ice around the the, the disc yeah that stops it from happening um S-
1: somehow a few people always get through each year
0: yeah yeah it's just a shame that he didn't have that dedication to to doing it
1: Yep. yeah Oh, dear. Right. <laughs>
0: um, dumpling.
1: Dumpling. <laughs> back to Dumpling. So she, she works in a pretty classic diner, which appears to be staffed exclusively by high school students, one of whom is prep school Bo, who actually looks about 30 years old.
0: He does look like a middle-aged man. I'm not going to yeah. lie.
1: He looks a bit like um, Ryan from the OC came back and dyed his hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's got a, it's got a real Beverly Hills 90210 no, no feel to it doesn't it
1: yeah and like he's only in about three scenes but he is the love interest but that's the thing because it's a coming of age story and not a love story it feels good and it doesn't matter and it's not about the chase and it's not about their their story really although he does provide the satisfying ending when um, they kiss and of course they're either on or near a car which is the, the requisite ending um, in a romantic film, but um, yeah, he's he's just very very good, and they sort of have a kiss quite early on in the film, and you're like, oh, he he actually just really likes her, but she needs to accept herself, which is um, which is kind of the message, and is also when she she pulls away, you're like, oh, come on, just kiss him, but you're like, okay, fine, the movie needs to let her go through some stuff, and that's fine, you know. So yeah, I liked him.
0: Yes, I liked him as well. I thought it was a good character, and and they they talk about that nuance of. Um... Of of feeling comfortable in your own skin there where she talks about, you know, like he touched her lower back and it made her feel uncomfortable because she and that's how she finally realized that although mm-hmm. she's generally comfortable with who she is, there's those small intricacies that stop her from feeling entirely comfortable as herself, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, um, which is a very you know good portrayal of people having body issues that doesn't really overdo it. It's just kind of there for a little bit and then they're on to talking about other stuff, but it's there.
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and 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 that's the kind of thing that everyone goes through, and every, everyone has those those parts of themselves that they don't necessarily like, unless you're one of those people that genuinely loves how they look. And if so, I I hate you. In which case, to steal what the hell is secrets?
1: <laughs> what hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and and yeah. So um, yeah. And, and and so again, it's it's one of those things that that this film does, where it it suddenly comes up with something that everybody can relate to. Um, yeah, and it's a really inclusive film in that way. I'd it, be very hard pressed to find someone who watched this film and didn't at least resonate with one of its messages or one of its sort of like strands.
1: Yeah, for sure. Which you would not expect about a film that is essentially about pageants.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's great. It does it really well.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a really good um, thing with the the two the three friends really and how the the relationship with them develops so her existing friend she kind of falls in and out with and then they get back they become friends again at the end but she makes these two new friends over the course of the um the pageants who are also in it sort of thinking they're going to be disruptors or whatever one of whom is millicent or millie who i actually thought was possibly a more interesting character who also goes on a real journey as well but she's just this incredibly positive and lovely almost like you know Guy Fieri-ish character and she's a um, a larger lady as well but she she's just so smiley and happy and it's because she she's part of like a churchy family but then her mum like finds her at the end and she thinks she's going to pull her out of the pageant but they convince her mum to let her do it and then her mum's all in on it and she sings and it's really really nice and fun and it's yeah it's great and she wins the second runner-up I think or the first runner-up
0: yeah first runner-up
1: yeah which is which is pretty cool so it's it, they made all of the characters go on that journey as well and then there was the um the character Hannah as well who is the the sort of androgynous butch lady who also went on a journey going from shouting smash the patriarchy to actually finding her own way to bring her personality to the pageant while still sort of rebelling yeah I thought I thought that all of them went on a nice journey
0: yes yeah they did uh, they they, they... I, they sort of brought all of those smaller characters into life in a really nice way they, and and so everyone kind of felt everyone felt kind of real um, just because of those those ways that they, they, they bring in these characters and then they just give them that slight tweak to where they adapt to the events of the movie yeah Um. and just that ever so slight change really brings home everything in the film
1: and I, I don't feel like it necessarily went really, really deep into any of those relationships, but it didn't have to because it's a light-hearted coming-of-age comedy based on a young adult novel. And you, I think you can tell that it's based on a young adult novel just in terms of of its tone and, yeah, like I said, the way it doesn't go too deep, but it's still enjoyable for people of all ages.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and yeah, it's it, like like you said, it's not really a film that... It's 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 not going to have a huge impact on you. I don't think anyone's really going to watch this and 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 feel as though it really truly changes their life. Um, well, I
1: I did just start a pageant.
0: <laughs> did you? Yeah. What's the theme of your pageant? Bunnies. Bunny bunny pageant.
1: Yeah, it's sponsored by Jusol.
0: <laughs> but it it still does enough, I think, to to be. You know, a more than worthwhile watch.
1: Although I have to say, the the idea that Bo doesn't know who Dolly Parton is—everyone knows who Dolly Parton is.
0: Yeah, that that didn't work for me. You live in the South, mate. How do yeah. you not know who Dolly Parton <laughs> is?
1: Yeah, but it leads, uh, it sets it up so that she can say she's in on every joke you could tell about her, which is very, very true. And the reason that Dolly Parton is a genius.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: So that, um, so that was good. And I liked the use of a Magic 8-Ball. Always like a Magic 8-Ball.
0: Yeah, I like a Magic 8-Ball. Have you got one? I don't have one, no.
1: Maybe I'll get you one for your birthday.
0: Oh, there we go. That would be amazing.
1: I think I used to have one once, and then I opened it up. Uh, like I kind of unscrewed it, and all the liquid came out and went everywhere, and it was really foul.
0: <laughs> that doesn't sound like a pleasant experience. Yeah.
1: And then the little triangle inside fell out and it landed on the side that said you're a massive idiot.
0: <laughs> oh, so at least it was telling the truth. Then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the day that I realised that.
0: <laughs> it, it, it rolled out and it just said on it, you murdered me, you scumbag. <laughs> Why did you pour the liquid out?
1: What did I do to you?
0: Ah. <laughs> oh. Um so so do you have anything else you want to say about Dumplin'?
1: Uh no, I, I think we've more or less covered it. It's very it's good, it's funny, it's enjoyable. And I think it's obviously based on a very very strong source text, which I think makes a big difference. Um but yeah, it's good. I I think there's something for everyone here. It's a ni- nice enjoyable light-hearted watch. Um yeah, good uh, good Netflix original. Well done Netflix.
0: Yeah, well done Netflix. This is another one of the good ones. I have yet to watch um the uh Black Mirror movie that everyone's been talking about.
1: I have not seen it either. I'm kind of scared to go into it because it's like a choose your own adventure thing that could end up sucking away hours of my life.
0: Um because it's Black Mirror, I expect every ending is the bad ending. Yeah. It seems to be their forte. Um
1: every ending will hashtag make you think.
0: But I need to I need to watch it before um it all gets spoiled for me because it's one of those things where if you leave it too long, you will learn everything about it. Yeah. And so for far, sure. I've managed to remain blissfully ignorant of it all. Yeah,
1: same. But, you know, I, I got a NES Mini for Christmas, so I don't have time for this shit. Oh,
0: there we go. <laughs> yeah, you're too, <laughs> like, busy, too busy playing ice climbers.
1: Yeah. Like, irritatingly, it only came with one controller and the cable is even shorter. So, like, I can't, like, I have yeah, to sit on the, the floor the to cables, play. It.
0: <laughs> the cables are unbelievably short for the NES Mini.
1: Yep. Which, you know, is is nothing other than a cynical ploy to get you to buy a longer cable, right?
0: I don't even know if they sell longer cables.
1: Well, I've seen some on, on Amazon that may be third parties.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah.
1: There are a few options there.
0: Yeah. And then you've got to get the second controller if you want to play any two player games, don't you?
1: Yeah. But still, great fun.
0: Yes. Yeah. What, what games have you been playing on it then?
1: Um, bit of Ice Climbers. But is it Ghosts and Ghouls or Ghosts and Goblins? I can never oh, Ghosts and the Goblins! One where you're throwing that thing? Yep, yeah, that's good. You know, obviously, you know obviously that
0: Mario. Oh, yeah, good idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ghosts and Goblins. I own. I have an original copy of it. Um, nice for, for the NES, um, and it is one of the most infuriating games I've ever played in my life. And I remember as a kid playing it. And um, do you, do you want to know? Do you know the horrible midway through uh, shocking twist to the film to the game?
1: It's cool, you can tell me I'm probably never going to get there because it's so bloody difficult. Well,
0: it is unbelievably difficult, and what happens is you reach the end of the game, well what you think is the end of the game, and you fight you fight the boss, and then this message comes up that says, "This is all an illusion, and you never left the beginning, and that makes you go through all of it again <laughs> to, to reach the actual ending, and then at the end it just says like, "Congratulations, you're a winner, and that's it.
1: Wait, so it's like the same final boss and everything?
0: Every So you go right back to level one, right at the beginning where you're going through the graveyard.
1: And it's not like, is it harder? Or... It's not
0: harder. you just <laughs> got to do it again. And they did exactly the same thing with the um, with Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Um, apart from then, it's you forgot your magic weapon to fight the boss or something uh, like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've still got to go and do it all over again. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I remember... I don't think I ever truly beat it when I was a kid because I think I reached that point and then I was so angry that I was like, I'm not playing this anymore.
1: <laughs> Must have had a big effect on you.
0: Yeah, I've I've hated ghosts and goblins ever since.
1: Anyone at Halloween comes to your door dressed as either of those, they get a punch in the face. They do,
0: they get no candy. The only candy they get is the candy of my fists. <laughs> Fist candy. <laughs> Fist candy, the worst kind of candy. Isn't that a make of headphones? <laughs> <laughs> Fist spelt wrong.
1: Yes, for F Y S T.
0: Fist candy. Yep. <laughs> um. So so in terms of trivia, um. for Dumpling. Um. Jennifer Aniston was uh one of the producers of the film, which is good.
1: Ah. Okay. I didn't spot that.
0: Which is which is good. She she gets involved in quite a lot of interesting projects. Jennifer Aniston. I never saw Cake um the film she was in a few years ago but that was getting sort of like Oscar buzz wasn't it
1: i um, have not even heard of that
0: she's someone in a in a chronic chronic pain support um sort of um support group i think no oh, um, blimey it's something like that it's a very very different from what people expect of her um but it's the kind of thing that um where where she's she's taking these interesting projects on and obviously you know she is a lot more than just rom-coms and things like that and i think i think yep. that, that dumpling really showed that there's a lot of a lot of nuance to her performance here
1: Absolutely um, yeah i think she's very very good and much better than people give her credit for Yeah
0: she's she's a, she's a great one i think you know she, she this is the kind of movie where she really shines um and and does is is a great supporting cast member
1: I mean it's not as good as Marley and me because that's got a dog in it uh,
0: that, there was a distinct lack of dogs in Dumplin.
1: Yeah, no, no dogs at all. Not <laughs> out, <of 20. laughs> out of twenty, no dogs.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, so I thought it was interesting that she was she was a producer on here, um, and and the um, it was written by. Um, let me just get her name actually. Um, it was written by someone who who actually I I didn't recognise as a writer before. No, me neither. Um, Kristen Hahn. but she's been in Hollywood for some time, um, producing and things like that. So actually, was one of the producers on um, on the Departed, um, the the fantastic Martin Scorsese movie, um, and things like the Time Traveller's Wife and stuff like that, huh. um, which which is interesting, and and is producing on this this uh, TV show that Jennifer Aniston is going to be in. Um, Ah. as well so um yeah so it's an interesting one and for someone who only has um this this is really the first um screenplay credit to her name i think it's a really well adapted script wouldn't you say
1: yeah really really good yeah and yeah same same with the book as well it's obviously very 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 good source text
0: yes yeah um so so yeah i thought that was i thought that was interesting um but yeah, so that that'll probably do for, for, for um trivia, apart from that. Do you like dumplings the food? That is that is my question of the day for Yeah, in,
1: in all forms. I will eat yeah, I'll eat any dumpling that comes my way.
0: So so what do you prefer? Do you prefer um the the British stodge dumpling that you get in a stew? Do you prefer um like Chinese dumplings? Do you prefer, uh, I much prefer
1: a Chinese dumpling. Do you prefer like a pierogi
0: sure. or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah uh chinese dumpling
0: chinese dumpling yeah yeah I, I it's agree. more like
1: a bun yeah than that's kind of that's kind of my fave yeah because i'm good
0: i'm a fan of all kinds of dumplings um like even i'm not even, opposed to
1: stodge let let the record no, show that big, i am not opposed to stodge
0: a big stodgy dumpling in a stew that that is a treat yeah um so so all in all i believe i like all kinds of dumpling including the film variety
1: yeah, i, I got to say that um, Aunt Bessie's dumplings are actually not that bad
0: as Oh, well. really? Oh, okay. Yeah, but as had
1: them. Like, frozen, chuck them in the freezer and pull them out and chuck them on a tray kind of food goes, they're actually not bad. They do end up sort of having a nice softness in the middle.
0: Oh, okay. I've never had them. I'll have to try them.
1: I recommend them. Maybe this year we finally get sponsorship. We could be sponsored by Aunt Bessie's <laughs> and just eat like frozen crap all the time
0: um <laughs> there we go you could have aunt um, bessie
1: herself on as a guest
0: Aunt aunt bessie uh get involved um if you are looking for the movie dumpling by the way it is d-u-m-p-l-i-n apostrophe um do not search for dumpling otherwise you might come up with the short film dumplings um, oh
1: not not the um the pixar one that was on before what's it called uh is it called Dumpling? Hang on. Um, it, yeah, no, it was on before The Incredibles too. Have you seen that? Oh, it's called Bao.
0: Yeah, it's called Bao. Dumplings is a horror short, which is in the Asian uh, compilation movie, Three Extremes, which includes three really weird, disturbing horror films from various Asian directors. Um, and, and Dumplings is perhaps the strangest of the three. Um, so don't get the two mixed up. <laughs>
1: Sounds like your shit.
0: It, it is. It is indeed my jam. I really like Three Extremes. It's a great little movie. So you like um, a
1: jam dumpling?
0: I don't like a jam dumpling. Not in a stew. I don't want some jam in the middle of my beef stew.
1: No, um, get out,
0: get out. But yeah, um, but yeah. So, so very different films, though. So make sure you're you're searching for the right one if you do watch this film, which you should because it's good.
1: Yeah, it is good. How how shall we rate this?
0: Ooh, um, how many sequins in your dress? Out of twenty?
1: Oh, nice. They're big. They're big ones. Then
0: they're giant sequins. Giant. It's almost, it's almost like plate armor. <laughs> the size of your yeah. your sequin sequins.
1: Well, my my costume for the pageant is comprised of sixteen sequins.
0: Sixteen sequins. I am. Yeah. I'm on board with that. That's good um yeah i'm going to go for 14 i like this film a lot um loses a few marks just because it doesn't have a tremendous massive impact in terms of having that kind of resonance but
1: it's it's not weighty
0: no no but it's not heavy like a dumpling it's light (laughs) like a dumpling um (laughs) It's um, it's yeah, it's a good, it's a good one, and I I I liked it, but I didn't love it, and it's not the kind of thing that is going to really sit with me forever. But it's a really nice way to start the year.
1: It's the first dumpling that you bite into when you get your bowl of stew, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. not the fourth or fifth one where you're full of starch and you're like, can I manage this? And it seems kind of heavy at that point, you know? Yeah,
0: it's not that one.
1: It's the first dumpling, the light.
0: It's one. the first dumpling, full of air. Yeah, exactly.
1: Nice. So, well, we have made a decision about what we're watching next, haven't we? By we mutual have. agreement.
0: Yes. Um I think it's my turn to announce, isn't it? Yeah. Um so we will be watching
1: when you're gone, <laughs> How can I even try? To go on?
0: That's right. We're watching <laughs> Taffin. No. We,
1: we... <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be living here.
0: <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be living here. Um, no, we are. We, we should are, do what...
1: Taffin at some we point.
0: We should do Taffin. Taffin, you know, we'll keep that in mind for a future episode. But we'll be watching Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Oh, um, here we go again. A.K.A. Mamma Mia 2. A.K.A. 2 Mamma 2 Mia. Yeah. Um, it's, yes. It's time. Mama Mia Santi drift. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's time. It's time to watch Mamma Mia. So we're we're on it.
1: It absolutely is. Well, you you have seen it and it provoked a reaction. So that's it. Did provoke a reaction? It got you to text me, whereas I saw it in the cinema some time ago. But the the cinematic experience was somewhat ruined for me by. Two old women just across the road from us who not only sang along out of tune with every song, but would not shut up talking over every scene. So it will be nice to watch it in the comfort of my own home.
0: There we go. I'll be (laughs) intrigued to see. The public
1: can't ruin it for
0: me. I'll be intrigued to see what you think when you are watching it on the small screen.
1: Yeah. As long as Bronham's in it, I'll be fine.
0: And he is. The Bronham is there.
1: Yeah. That's the, that's the message of it. But yes, I'll be back next week to talk about Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. But in the meantime, you know, what uh, what did you make of dumpling? Let us know. You can you can Twitter us at BigBoysDon'tPod. You can email us, BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. And remember to rate, comment and subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed to all your favourite, um, wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be there.
0: Yeah, what do you like in a dumpling? What kind of dumplings do you like?
1: Which is your fave?
0: If you could pair a dumpling to a Dolly Parton song, which dumpling would you choose, and which Dolly Parton song would you choose?
1: nice, nice, and you know where do where do you, how do you feel about stodge
0: Yeah, do you like a big hearty meal full of dumplings, or do you like a lighter meal with dumplings on the side?
1: <laughs> yeah, either way, there's dumplings
0: there are dumplings either way, but they fit to any situation yep
1: yeah. that's that's the message of this week.
0: The message of this week is dumplings are good. Eat dumplings.
1: Yeah, make it your resolution to eat some dumplings. This message
0: brought to you by the British Dumpling Society.
1: Yeah. No, Aunt Bessie. We're sponsored by Aunt Bessie.
0: <laughs> no, we're going for the official society, buddy.
1: Oh, I see. You, you want accreditation.
0: Yes, I do. I. <laughs>
1: you want to be proper
0: i want our podcast to be peer-reviewed by fellow dumpling (laughs) enthusiasts
1: (laughs) oh not peer review it's the reason i left (laughs) academia
0: (laughs) more like peer review am i right
1: (laughs) well yeah most of the time
0: (laughs) oh dear Uh,
1: good times so yeah if you're listening from the british dumpling society get in touch Rest of you, leave us alone.
0: <laughs> we don't want your opinions. <laughs>
1: yeah, only legit official people.
0: <laughs> right, okay. Is is that all, all she wrote?
1: Yeah. And then next week we can hear from the Mamma Mia Society.
0: Oh, yes. The ABBA Society of Great Britain.
1: Yep. That probably is a thing. I'm going to look that up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, A-B-B-A-G-B. Yeah. The abba brilliant busting awesome great britain right right i'm losing i'm losing the plot (laughs) yeah you go back to work for one day and then this is what happens
0: this is this is exactly what happens brain to mush
1: yeah so yeah if you haven't gone back to work yet this is what you have to look forward to and if you have you know we're here for you we feel you
0: we 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 share your we share your sentiments exactly.
1: We certainly do. All right, we'll be back next week to talk about Mamma Mia two. Here we go again.
0: Bye bye. Bye
1: bye. When you come,
0: welcome back
1: to <Bronholm. laughs>